This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, David, and make sure that you check all of us out collectively at MarkingOut.com. Make sure that you are listening to all of the past episodes and future ones over at MarkingOut.com, over on Spotify, over on Apple Podcasts, and wherever kind of. else. Still, Still don't have that sorted. Kind of. Potentially. Depends on the day of the week. Um, but definitely on Spotify. Definitely on Spotify. Check us out over there. Also, go check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash out where you can buy a t-shirt. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow on Twitter. Follow on Instagram. Follow on YouTube. Follow on Twitch. Follow collectively. Follow individually. And just follow, follow, follow. But I am here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Still not awesome as always. My no. Uh, no, I'm like I'm like a month after COVID already. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that you lasted because you are on episode six hundred fourteen. Gonna get that in there. Cheers, yeah, yeah. Cheers, six fourteen. How are you, know? you doing? You know, uh, I'm feeling better than you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How was uh, Florida? It was good. I uh, flew down last week for my niece's birthday, got home on Monday night. My flight on Monday was delayed, which sucked, but whatever. But when did I tell you anything that happened with the uh, with our check-in at JFK? No. I, my mom and I checked our bags in at JFK, so I had to give my, my ID. And I got it back, and... I'm a bit behind my mom with walking and everything because it's me. I'm I'm a slow walker at this point. In my uh, life. don't don't discredit uh, for those listening. Don't discredit discredit what Brandon is saying right now. Uh, he's actually a great walker. No, but like in at this stage of my life, I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not. <laughs> but but she's going through the line, the TSA line, whatever. She's she's about to go through the the metal detector and everything. And I get up to the TSA agent. I give them my ID and he asked if I was, if he's like looking down at the ID, looking back at me, looking down. And he's like, are you traveling with anyone? And I figured he recognized the last name. I'm like, yeah, over there, her. And he goes, you have her ID. And I'm like, well, if I have her ID, that means you looked at my ID for her and accepted it. And he's like, no, she gave a passport. I was like, no, she didn't. She had my ID. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, that's that's kind of scary that it seems like you could maybe get through a TSA checkpoint without having the right ID. Why did you have her ID? Because when they handed it back, they handed it back to us. Uh-huh. Like, I guess here, here, or whatever, and it's like they handed us the wrong one, and why would I check the ID? I don't know. I never travel with a passport. No, we didn't use passports. We used her IDs. Hmm. Interesting. That sounds like fun. Yeah, but then we get to uh, to um, to to the gate, and it was so crowded. So we had to sit three gates over, which was super annoying. 
And then mm-hmm. we fly into the new terminal seat at MCO. Reminds me a lot of Nassau Coliseum with their, their narrow hallways. Not a fan of, of Terminal C at all. It's brand new. I like the artwork that they have there and everything, like the interactive experiences. Not at all a terminal that should be open yet. There's like hardly any restaurants open. The bathrooms are tiny, leaving super long lines for a bathroom. Uh, no That's men's insane. line for a bathroom should be like a 10-minute wait. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. But we end up going, we get to Florida, blah, blah, blah. We have an Airbnb. Uh, not my favorite experience. I don't think I want to do Airbnbs ever again. Okay. Why? It's just, I don't know. It was like, it's just like skeeves me out. Yeah. I, I could, I could get behind that. And it's like stuff was broken. Stuff was dirty. And it's like, is that going to be on us? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like there were, there were a lot of bedrooms and Mm. on Saturday we check in Thursday, whatever. My brother and his family got in Friday, and because there are multiple bedrooms, my niece was going to go sleep in a minion's room on Saturday, and my brother goes to pull the sheets behind, there there was vomit all over, right? And my, my younger brother That's emails the, the, the people, and they're like, well, uh, our, our housekeeping is immaculate, blah, 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 you didn't email us at the beginning of your trip, and it's like... Of course we didn't email it at the beginning of the trip. We didn't we were unaware of it. There were so many rooms. So I'm waiting to hear an update on that. So that's just like that's so gross to me. Yeah. But we go to Epcot Friday, get a last minute reservation at Boma afterwards, which I'm a big fan of Boma. Haven't been there since pre COVID. They got rid of my favorite dessert, but it's still one of my favorite places to eat, and I'll always like put that place over. Uh Got to go to Cracker Barrel again for breakfast. Never, it's been a while since I've been there. I tried their that new cheesecake pancakes, which were pretty good. Uh huh. Headed to Magic Kingdom there for a super full day, and uh, went on Splash Mountain for maybe my last time. I don't know when they're closing it, but I was I because I always had uh, a camera with me instead of like an iPhone. I was never like taking photographs on Splash Mountain because I didn't want my camera to get damaged. So this time got to bring my cell phone onto Splash Mountain. I took a bunch of pictures and put, took some uh, videos and uh, got super wet. It was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. And then Saturday night went to Liberty Tree Tavern for dinner, which literally I stuffed my face with stuffing. I'll put that restaurant over every single time as well. And then we went to Grand Floridian to check out the the real life-size uh, gingerbread house that they have in the, the lobby there, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Went to Hollywood Studios on Sunday. Didn't really do anything there that I wanted to, which I guess is fine. It was more so my brother doing whatever he wanted, my niece uh-huh. doing stuff, whatever. Uh, and then we went to Cheesecake Factory for dinner. Got to try their new corn ribs, which is elote, just cut into rib shapes. Which I liked it. Everyone else was kind of either on the fence or not liking it at all. I'm still going to say that that corn song is still stuck in my head. And, you know, if uh, people know what I'm talking about, the TikTok viral corn video, make sure you head over to Mark and Out's TikTok because Grant Brandon, uh, he has a little viral video over there about Viral corn. video? You know, <laughs> we're going to make it viral. We're going to make yeah. it viral. 
But I also tried the Cheesecake Factory's Chicken Littles, which I literally don't know if I knew existed prior to this trip. And it's just literally chicken tenders. You get a bunch of chicken tenders, supposed to come with mashed potatoes and corn. I, I got double french fries. It's different from their chicken, from the chicken and waffles. But uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to ordering from there again. Very cool. You had an eventful time. Yeah, and then Monday was my niece's birthday. Went to the American Girl Doll. What is it? American Doll? American Girl Doll store. Watched my mm-hmm. uh, sister-in-law, my brother, and my mom pick out an American Girl Doll for my niece. And then we went to her school. They went in for a party. I sat in the car. <laughs> and uh, and then that was it. That was, we flew home. Very cool. And I, Very made, cool. I made meatloaf this week, which was delicious. Me looks always good. Yeah, you know? and that's that's well, really about, that's it. Yeah, well, talking about flying, WWE flew over to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel this weekend. Uh, it opened up with Titus O'Neil uh, and then doing an opening video package, which I believe yeah. Sasha Banks and Naomi were added back into the intro video package for this. Apparently, that was an error, though. Yeah, removed during Monday Night Raw. Yeah, apparently the person in charge or whoever was doing it put the wrong opener for that yeah that's but, pretty uh, uh that got a lot of people to talk and speculate <laughs> but especially alarm. because people thought maybe we would see team bad at crown jewel yeah but it opened up with brock lester picking up the victory over bobby lashley i by the way watched crown jewel bits and pieces in uh cracker barrel and then at uh disney world sitting at tomorrowland i watched the main event that's cool. And uh, and also on... <laughs> it's one of my favorite attractions. Probably my the, like my favorite attraction. I, I sat there watching Crown Jewel during um, the Carousel of Progress. I sat mm-hmm. in the back row watching it towards the end. So, But uh, I thought Brock versus Bobby Lashley was great. I agree with you. I thought this was a good opener. This was what I expected it to be. Like the powerhouse kind of a battle. But and it was Lashley. It was he worked on on Brock's knee, controlled the majority of this match. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, fast paced, hard hitting. Yeah, Brock, Brock definitely put over Lashley huge during this match throughout it. Yeah, but Brock only won because he was still locked in the hurt lock, and he pushed off the turnbuckle. Got a pin. Typically, we say how much we don't like that pin, but I think it was different. I'm I'm gonna disagree. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like the flip over thing. I, I think I thought this was a better pin than we normally would see in that spot so i don't mind that pin what do you just mean you don't... always talk trash about it no 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 i don't mind it i just don't mind it when it's overdone mm. when we spoke about it last time and i said that and you said that too was back when i believe it was like oscar or Shayna baszler maybe um where we saw it done on i think maybe we saw it on nxt then we saw it on raw then we saw it on smackdown it was something or it was the same two competitors facing off against each other, and the same thing happened in both matches. So it was a little bit different. I'm not against that ending. It's just when it's overkill, you know. Right. But, and then uh, Lashley locked Brock in the the hurt lock again after the match. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had Damage Control picking up the victory over Bliss and Asuka to become the new tag team champions. But very interesting, uh, before the match, Bliss and Asuka were backstage doing a, a little pre-match promo. And then on the screen, you had that Bray Wyatt logo. 
Somebody I saw on TikTok pointed out that sometimes you'll see that logo with a yellow ring. And sometimes you'll see it with a red ring where they think the red ring would represent Bray Wyatt. And the white or yellow ring, whatever it is, will represent Uncle Howdy. Interesting. I did not think about that. I... So I got to pay attention to that. Something I thought about was what happens if that video wasn't for Alexa Bliss, but was for Asuka? What if it was some sort of a trance that instead of influencing Alexa Bliss, instead it influences Asuka to join and Asuka to turn into that dark side, which we all, most of us know, she had a very, very dark side over when she was competing in Japan. Which we have not seen that side of her yet. What if that? I mean, she did look at the video too. So I'm yeah, just anything's it up a possibility, there. right? I I love the speculation though. Uh, another super solid match though. Uh, unlike Monday Night Raw last week, Nikki Cross ends up getting involved, which led to the end. Yeah. Nikki Cross making her presence felt over there. And I like that we get exciting matches like this, but I just want set solid champions. Yeah. I still I don't get that that win on on Monday Night Raw last week. Yeah. And even more so, I I don't get it. Maybe it was just to I don't I don't know because there it was the same competitors over there. Yeah, I don't so know. I, I yeah, I don't know. Next match saw Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Karrion Cross in a cage match which I wasn't expecting Cross to lose. Also, uh McIntyre was apparently super sick for this with the flu. Yeah, he flew over there and had the flu. But I thought that this match was actually really entertaining. I liked the end of it where Scarlet Bardot, Scarlet, whatever you want to call her, uh, where she actually locked the cage, preventing Drew McIntyre from leaving. Well, she, first of all, she used the mace again. Yeah, she used the mace too. Yeah, I personally, mace too. I thought the match was okay. I kept, I went into this match, I have no clue why. I kept thinking it was a strap match again. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. But, like, so Scarlet ends up locking that door on Drew. So he ends up climbing over, but Cross took extra time trying to get out of that door. Yeah, they were trying to get out the door because they couldn't get the get it unlocked again. So, so it's kind of like Scarlet kind of screwed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was really a, a good match between the both of them. Next up, you had Judgment Day picking up the victory over the OC. Um, big uh, big mention of Bullet Club, New Japan, and the Never Openweight Championship during this. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, this match didn't really do much for me. I waited the whole match for Rhea Ripley to get involved and have the OC get saved by an unknown woman. Uh-huh. That didn't happen. And I, I thought it was more so going to happen when Rhea Ripley actually got involved. But that happens, we'll, we'll put a pin in that in Monday Night Raw. Yeah, pin it. But I thought it was cool to watch this match, and I thought it was cool to hear commentary actually mention New Japan and all that stuff. People were like, oh my god, they're doing something with New Japan, aren't they? Yeah, people flipped out. It's like... (laughs) Well, because it's the old regime. We would never hear that. Almost never. Yeah. After that, Braun Strowman picked up the victory over Omos, which uh, it still trips me out to see how much taller Omos is than Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah. Omos is almost... uh... 
full head of higher than him. Yeah. You know? but, but I thought what they did in this match, I thought they worked well together. Yeah, once again, this is very similar to the opening match with Lesnar and Lashley being power, two powerhouses going at it. And I thought that Strowman and Omos, I thought that this was a fine filler match. For a match that I went into like not really caring at all about, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, I agree with you. After that, we saw the Usos pick up the victory over the Brawling Brutes to retain the Tag Team Championships. Uh, this was, to me, another filler match. I thought it was decent, but... I, like, I I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the Usos at this point will break New Day's record, though. Uh-huh. So, after that, Bianca Belair picked up the victory over Bailey in a last woman standing match. I was very surprised at the, at the outcome. I was not expecting this to take place with the outcome, but I'm not mad by it. I'm not mad. I embrace it. Yeah, it was an entertaining match. I like the uh, the traveling case part at the I think it was at the top of the ramp, and then the the table spot that followed the golf cart. That had to have sucked because the the table didn't break at yeah. first when Bailey got flipped off of it, but she eventually uh, got put through it. And no Nikki Cross here too. And I thought for sure she was going to come out help Bailey win the titles. Why would she come out and help? damage control earlier and, and and help them win the titles and not this this time yeah makes you makes you wonder after that bray wyatt came out cut a promo uncle howdy interrupted and brought up the mask so that we just got to keep on waiting to see also on smackdown last week bray wyatt said that he doesn't like being interrupted and then he was immediately yeah, was... interrupted backstage yeah that wasn't predictable but but like this again, he just it just he doesn't like being interrupted, and here he is week after week. He keeps getting interrupted by this Uncle Howdy character. Yeah, I mean we still haven't seen Uncle Harper. If that even it, yeah, that could just that be even. like oh we we're maybe gonna call him Uncle Harper. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Made event of Crown Jewel saw the champion, the Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns picking up the victory over Logan Paul to retain the championships. Is it too early to say Logan Paul for Wrestler of the Year? Uh, I don't know if I would say Wrestler <laughs> of the Year, perhaps Rookie of the Year. I thought he, I thought this match was incredible. Love I him or you. hate him, Logan Paul has killed it every single time he's wrestled. And know, every I... single time leading up to his match, he has to, I guess, prove again that he's like that damn good. And I, I, yeah, not wrestler of the year, but rookie of the year is definitely potential. You know, I know that there's so much else to consider, but for what he has done. Breaker would be up there too, I guess. Yeah. You know, but for what Logan Paul has completed as a pro wrestler in the WWE, I think that it has been phenomenal. It has been definitely exceeding all of our expectations. 100%. Like Logan Paul. People are like so against it when he's coming into work WrestleMania with the Miz. And then he goes into that tag match with Miz, kills it. And people are like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Fast forward a few months, he's now in a singles program working Miz at SummerSlam. And people are like, God damn it, I don't want Logan Paul in WWE. And then then, comes SummerSlam. Holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're just like, I don't want to see this, but then... Like, after it happens, you're like, wow. Yeah, fast forward to, what was it, September he came back? People were like, no, no, enough. We don't want Logan Paul. He sucks. 
And then Crown Jewel, ding, Let's dang, forget, ding. He's under contract, too. Yeah, Logan Paul killed it at, at Crown Jewel. His no. boys got involved. The Usos got involved. Uh, Jake Paul, his brother, came out. Threw one of the worst work punches, so I have to assume that his actual fights aren't rigged. <laughs> Solo ends up coming out. Everything I thought was so good. It was a, a big pop for that buckshot lariat from Logan Paul. Yeah, he did it better than CM Punk. And then the the dive to the from the ring, the sel- the selfie splash. Yeah, from the the top of the the ring post or whatever while he was recording a video. I thought that was fantastic. Everybody keeps calling it a frog splash. That it was just a body splash, was it not? I, he didn't do the um, frog splash. I think I think it Frog splash came at the end of the match or towards the end of the match into the I ring. I kind of feel like in the video from the selfie, I only saw the selfie view. It looked like he did do the pump. Like that arm pump, it did look like he no. I don't think he did. On it. I don't think he pumped. But that sounds like yeah, a, but, <laughs> that sounds like but, a Seinfeld bit. <laughs> I, but I don't but think it he was pumped. but it was definitely a great match. Roman Reigns coming out as a victor. Like we're not saying great as in Stone Cold versus Rock or something like that. No, this was fantastic though. I mean, if you want to talk Stone Cold versus The Rock, who is the? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, you're going towards AEW. This was, you know, <laughs> just saying. I mean, I didn't say it. You, and then you, everybody's playing. Like, Logan Paul's better than 90% of the AEW locker room and everything. I wouldn't necessarily go that no, far. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think that's taking it a little He's bit. certainly better than a lot of people in the wrestling industry, though. I will say yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, we don't know the if it's legit or work or whatever, but apparently he has an unhappy triad injury, which is a tear to the medial meniscus, MCL, and ACL. Um, very, it, it, unfortunately, it's very common. If you're going to have a combination of injuries to the knee and tears at the same time, it's usually the unhappy triad or the unholy triad. And so, unfortunately, that's what Logan Paul had. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, unfortunately. So, hopefully, also, uh, we're hoping he has a speedy recovery. Yeah. Also, Logan Paul's now tied for matches and victories and losses with Bad Bunny. Another person who killed it. Yeah. Bad Bunny was last year, right? He was in the Royal Rumble this year. But, like, his big shine was... Mania. I mean, last year, right? With Priest and stuff? Last year. Yeah. All right. So, really, last year was Bad Bunny, and then him going off onto tour, and then this year is really the year of, like, Logan Paul celebrity-wise. Yeah. But, but you again, know? Bad Bunny, Final Four in the Royal Rumble, I believe, so. I mean, who's going to be next year the celebrity to break out in WWE? Fingers crossing, Danny DeVito. Yeah. Trash man. Just saying. The trash man cometh. <laughs> but and that was... Crown Jewel, let's get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro! Opens up with a British accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you I Chris did Chris Jericho? There. Yeah, right? Well, let's just say... I'll talk uh, about that Massey. later. Okay, okay. <laughs> For everybody that's listening, we know what that means, right, everybody? Wink, wink. Yeah, but the, the bloodline come out, and the Usos brought up how after Friday, they'll become the longest reigning tag team champions... New Day came out and spoke about how the Usos had help getting to WWE and they didn't. This, to me, kind of doesn't make sense, though. Like, I guess it's for a single reign. The The New Day have 
483 days with the Raw titles. The Usos are almost there with the SmackDown titles. So mm-hmm. it's like not the same championship. I guess it's the same genre. Mm-hmm. And if you talk about combined days, combined yeah. t- title reigns, Usos are way past New Day. Yeah. But Matt Riddle ends up coming out and asks Woods to join him and Elias in, in a, a band together. I thought the segment went on too long. I don't think Riddle added any humor to it. And it just sets up a random six-man tag, which the Bloodline pick up the victory in. I think I would have preferred for this match to not take place only because they have that tag match on SmackDown. But yeah. it was solo pinning Matt Riddle to pick up the victory. Yeah, I agree. I do like Corey Graves bringing up because uh, they were in Wilkesbury. Wilkesbury? How do you pronounce that? Wilkesbury? Wilkesbury? So many people say it differently. You could go to Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, and they all pronounce it differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were in. Mohegan Sun in Pennsylvania and um, Corey Graves brought up how the bloodline is strong in Allentown, which is like maybe an hour and a half from there. That's awesome. Which we know Alpha's school is in Allentown. So I thought that was pretty cool that they brought that up on commentary. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we saw Baron Corbin pick up the victory over Cedric Alexander, JBL cutting that standard promo beforehand. But uh, nice to see Cedric on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and get some offense uh, in. Yeah, he did get offense. He did get offense. You know, the finish of the match was pretty cool where he went for that. Um, what is it called? Where Cedric like, went? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step over DDT. Where I, I don't I forgot the name of it, what it's called. But he went for that DDT where it went right into the Barrett Corbin's end of days. Yeah. I thought that was a cool transition. Yeah. You know? But next up you had Seth Rollins. Yeah, he spoke about the open challenge. And the Judgment Day came out. Finn Balor got into the ring and brought up how Seth Rollins cost him gold a few years ago. And it seemed like they were about to accept, but then the OC came out. And Rollins ends up leaving. He's like, okay, you guys are doing your own thing. I'm backing out. Peace. AJ. AJ's like, uh, we still haven't found somebody to take care of Rhea Ripley. But she found us. And then Mia Yim returned and attacked Rhea Ripley on the outside. They all brawled. I'm super pumped that Mia Yim is back. I said, I think two weeks ago, maybe it's Charlotte. Maybe it's Dana Brooke. Maybe it's Mia Yim. Yeah, I mean, there was that rumor, what, last week? Or around when you said that where I guess she was on an interview pretty really praising Triple H and WWE very hardcore. Yeah. And speculation got out that maybe it's because she's expected to return soon. But like I I don't know why she wouldn't have praised Triple H in the first place because Oh yeah. She after the May Young Classic fans going nuts for her at the PC or wherever it was at Full Sail I believe and Triple H on the spot came out offered her a contract. Yeah, you know, I I that's why I wouldn't be surprised if more people end up coming over to WWE now that Triple H is there. Yeah. I feel like the way that people look at Vince McMahon as that father role. You know, like Chris Jericho and Big Show, they looked at Well, yeah, Vince they McMahon got a whole a role. whole generation of NXT talent that looked looked to Triple H and now Shawn Michaels is that. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we're going to have that transition where you're going to have that loyalty that Chris Jericho, Big Show, all these people had towards Vince McMahon, Undertaker. 
had towards Vince McMahon where they were like, they wouldn't do anything without his blessing and they would always just feel that warmth of the father Even from him. Chris Jericho. Did you mention Jericho? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Jericho. Um, I definitely, I, yeah, we're going to have that kind of a relationship between these NXT wrestlers and Triple H and Shawn Michaels because that's going to be their father figure in this. It um, seems like um, it seems like the bloodline will be involved in war games, so not necessarily Judgment Day or the OC, but I think we could potentially get that four on four at at Survivor Series. I mean, who is it? Jay, right? Jay has a fractured wrist. I don't know. I don't I know saw, if it was Jimmy or Jay. I think, but was, I didn't see any confirmation of that. That's the thing. I didn't. He see came any out later at the end of the night. Yeah, I didn't see any confirmation. I saw one of them fractured their wrist, so I didn't know if that's going to be a way for Sammy to get into the War Games match. No, War but, Games is five on five. True, true. Um, so that's literally the Usos, Solo, Sammy, Roman. That's true. Five on five. I guess we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, so the Judgment Day had a backstage segment later on, and they basically just teased Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the championship at some point. Maybe we see that at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Next match, uh, Otis picked up the victory over Elias, which has been, uh, I think, like a month since we've seen Otis win. Gable's not won a match in in, uh, maybe two or three months at this point. So it's yeah. nice to have Otis pick up the victory here, but Elias took Gable out at one point, but that's what led to the end of the match. It, it distracted him enough to get Otis that that victory. Yeah, just just enough for it, you know. Um, but next up, you had Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss, and this is where everything gets a bit interesting. They got into an argument with Damage Control in the parking lot earlier in the day, which they showed footage of. So they ended up calling damage control out. Bray Wyatt's logo appeared on the Titan Tron as they made their way to the ring. And we get to the talking points, Alexa bliss saying that the only real reason why they have the titles is because of Nikki cross. Yeah. And then Oscar and EO spoke to each other in Japanese yelled at each other. Asuka ends up calling EO stupid over and over again. And they all and end this, up they all end up brawling. And this promo went viral. Yeah. Somebody translated it, which was very, very needed. Yeah, definitely, because this was like so totally heated, heated, heated. But it was I epic. liked when uh when Asuka was calling her stupid, Graves is like, Oh, Baka, I know exactly what that means. <laughs> So, yeah. but, but Nikki joined in and this sets up war games. We're missing two from the face side. We're missing one from the heels. Got to assume perhaps maybe we'll see team bad. Maybe Candice LeRae joins damage control. Like I had said a few weeks ago, Yeah, they jumped her. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll join them. Maybe we see somebody new or returning Tegan Knox. Oh, I'd certainly pop for that. We could see Team Kick on the same team. Yeah. Although the last time they left off, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai were at odds. But again, maybe we see the reuniting of Team Kick. 
that would be very, very cool. I would be open to that. But next up, you had Austin Theory pick up the victory over Shelton Benjamin. I mean, we got Shelton Benjamin and Citric Alexander in one night. Yeah, what a treat to have Shelton Benjamin on Monday Night Raw. Hall of Famer, first ballot. Bam. No doubt. But this match was very good. Shelton got some a little bit in there. But Austin Theory picking up the victory as, you know, Money in the Bank winner should. He, he raked Shelton's eyes and got the victory. Yeah, yeah, but that's where cheap. this match only started because Shelton tried to give Austin Theory advice early on. Yeah. But Shelton Benjamin is so, so good that I wish this was much longer than it was. So yeah. that's the only downside. But after this, we saw The Miz saying that he's going to be suing Johnny Gargano for that piece from last week. Yeah. And he came out and played a video of The Miz and a reporter, hidden camera. Miz wanted to speak off the record. She agreed, but she was filming. And Miz ended up admitting to everything with Dexter Loomis. This leads to the Miz picking up the victory over Johnny Gargano. And uh, Miz ends up under the ring at one point, basically faking that Dexter Loomis was there. And when the referee went to check, Miz clocked Johnny Gargano with that turnbuckle. And yeah. Miz picks up the victory off of that. After the match, Loomis shows up, clocks Miz with the chair. I said chair weird just now. Very, very chair, enthusiastically. Chair. And uh, security chased him, but that doesn't make sense because now that he has a contract, why is he getting chased out? Yeah. But after that, Nikki Cross picked up the victory over Dana Brooke to become the new 24-7 champion. Uh, so it's nice to see that they like did something with the 24 seven championship, but afterwards backstage, Nikki cross went to toss it in the trash. She missed it. I was hoping maybe it wasn't like dead, dead, but WWE.com posting was it 2018 to 2022 or something like yeah, that. Given, given it the mark, such a shame. Point. A lot of people trashing that title. I, on the other hand, was a big fan of the 24-7 championship because it gave us gave us so many fun segments. Think yeah, back, I all agree. the stuff with R-Truth, all the stuff with uh, Drake Maverick. They're like, oh, Jeff Hardy, he shouldn't be in this, uh, in this uh, segment or whatever. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't be. But a bunch of other people who were getting used on television in that, in that manner, it, it was a lot of fun. All the stuff yeah. with Tazawa, Tamina. This, I think that this was a huge success. Maria Kanellis, one of the, uh, I guess, the first pregnant superstar to become champion. Becky Lynch being the second, I believe. Maria Maria's baby, the first unborn child to be 24-7 champion. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, technically. I don't know about that. Little baby but we've had, we've had celebrities. Champion. We had Marshmallow. <laughs> we've had Bad Bunny. I'm sure I'm missing some celebrities, perhaps. So many, so many, uh, a luncher blaze. Yeah. Big time. And you know, so many, I thought that the Pat Patterson, I believe the oldest champion. Yeah. In WWE history, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I so. agree. I think that that title was at first it was bear Bronson as Santa Claus. Yeah. At first it was a <laughs> letdown, but as it progressed into the humorous realm, I don't think I, it was a letdown though. 
No, no, but at first, I feel like a lot of, obviously, a lot of fans were. I mean, a lot of fans were let down. Throughout the whole time, they were let yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you... look, look back, look at the stuff with Reggie and stuff. It, it was, I thought that was great. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, it was good fillers and stuff like that. It was entertaining. I think that was the biggest thing about it was it was entertaining. Yeah. And it, it like it literally brought me back to a, to my childhood with the 24-7 championship. Uh, with the hardcore championship being defended under 24-7 rules via Crash Holly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and that was probably the most fun time where they were... He was going against like the headbangers and everybody. Yeah, you know, like you Fun never Station knew. USA and all these random places. Yeah, I mean, look at what you like what you mentioned before with r Truth and Tazawa. Yeah, you know, that entire r Truth is the most decorated champion in WWE history because of the twenty four seven championship. <laughs> yeah, just really open, you know. Uh, but after that, Seth Rollins had the open challenge for the United States Championship, and Mustafa Ali went to accept. But Lashley showed up, attacked him, ends up pushing him over that travel case or whatever. He accepts the match, and then the match doesn't happen because Lashley comes out, beats the hell out of Seth Rollins. Austin Theory comes out afterwards to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then Seth Rollins wins. Had Austin Theory won, perhaps I could have enjoyed the cash-in. But to me, this just made him look like a complete moron. So I don't think that he got made out to be a moron. How not? Dude, he lost the U.S. championship to Bobby Lashley. He then becomes, after being the youngest U.S. champion, then he goes on the same night to win the, the Money in the Bank ladder match, gets put into that spot. He was not in that match. Yeah. We all thought, and again, the youngest Money in the Bank Holder, briefcase holder. Fast forward, we're like, oh, well, maybe he's going to actually beat Brock and, and take that that youngest WWE champion of, of all time away from Brock. Yeah. That passes in, in August. And then fast forward four months from, from Money in the Bank, I thought this was maybe one of the absolute worst cash-ins ever. Like, it didn't do anything for the U.S. championship. I liked... Austin Theory teasing him cashing in at the NXT show a few weeks ago for the NXT championship. Yeah. That's a main title. Him challenging for a lesser championship than a main championship to me and then losing. That's brutal. I think that was just awful. I don't think that it's... I think that it still is good that he cashed in on not a... WWE, not a universal championship. Had it been something where Seth Rollins has been going at it, no, not even, because it was an open challenge match before that. Why didn't he just go out there and accept the challenge? That just makes, no, there's no way he doesn't look stupid in that. I don't know. I'm, I am okay with it because I, I'm okay with him losing his cash-in. I'm okay with that too. However, however, losing it for the U.S. championship after an open challenge, yeah, Come on. I understand. I understand. I mean, it's going to end up with uh, Lashley and Theory in an angle. And I'll continue. I mean, stuff. that's unfinished business from Money in the Bank. But that to me, yeah. that just makes him look stupid. I mean, he did. He did win it. If it wasn't for Lashley, he had Rollins pinned. And he tried. He tried cashing in unsuccessfully a bunch of other times. Clash of yeah. the Castle, SummerSlam, I think. Yeah. But 
when it comes to the main event, that was behind him. But now I'm assuming Money in the Bank, those rumors are true where they'll bring it back for WrestleMania. And that's why if Theory can't hold the title, the the briefcase all the way up to Money in the Bank when it was because that pay-per-view is probably disappearing. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with with Money in the Bank being a match at WrestleMania. It was a a fantastic match when Jericho, the storyline-wise, introduced it. So I mean, I I definitely think launch I'm a the, fan the of, main event career of Edge. Yeah, same thing with Hell in a Cell. I I I like it when it's more of a rare occasion. Yeah, you know, like I like yeah, you get my drift. But let's get on to some NXT talk and talk about the opening matchup. Joe Gacy picking up the victory over Cameron Grimes. I believe I questioned you last week asking if you thought Cameron Grimes was going to win. Yeah, yeah, and I believe you said yes. I don't remember what I said. I feel like I would have said Joe Gacy was picking up the victory here. Yeah, but Joe Gacy did pick up the victory. Been quite some time since Joe Gacy wrestled in trunks, too. Yeah. But the dyad got involved. Ava Rain pushed Cameron Grimes off the top rope, directly leading to the end of the match. Yeah. So, schism, strong. Schism. After that, we had a barbershop segment. Um, basically just saying that Wesley... Never beat uh, Carmelo Hayes one-on-one. They have a match in two weeks. Next week is a contract signing. Later on, Wesley was interviewed, and he basically just said he's going to win. Yeah. End of that. PC Stalker has another segment where uh, he said that his name is written on the walls there. Soon there'll be an NXT to watch it all fall. This interrupts the show. Commentary was in the middle of a sentence. This comes on. Boom. Last week, I questioned maybe it's EC3. Some people out there questioning, perhaps, Bo Dallas. Whose name is on the wall at NXT? I would assume a bunch of former champions. EC3's name would probably be there in a picture or something. Bo yeah, Dallas. I think like how like in that, what, in the F- FCW place where... The Performance Center? Yeah, no, where like Langston's at the top for the like deadlifts and stuff like that? No, that's not even... NXT. Where was that? That was Cena's gym, right? Yeah. Okay, but I was thinking... But at the Performance Center, at the Performance Center, they would have pictures of former champions, I assume. Yeah. Bo Dallas, the former NXT champion. So... That's true. Who could it be? Don't know. I don't know. After that, Electra Lopez picked up the victory over Sol Ruka. I think I would have preferred for this match to be somebody... Unknown uh-huh. and like completely one sided to put Electra Lopez over more so. Yeah. But Indy Hartwell ends up coming out afterwards attacking Lopez. And later on, Roxanne Perez asked Indy Hartwell if anything was going on and offered up an ear for her. And Indy's like, there's no friends in wrestling. So Indy's definitely turning heel. Yeah. Where she goes with that, I don't know. Nah, Maybe she see. shows up and she's the 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 fifth woman for damage control. Could be. After that, that be. Toxic Attraction had a FaceTime segment where JC and Mandy were talking. JC had just gone shopping and a mall cop showed up behind her and it turned out to be Alba Fire who took JC out. And Alba's like, I'm coming for you next week, Mandy. So, 
Next match, but, though, Charlie yes. Dempsey picked up the victory over Andre Chase. Duke Hudson throwing in the towel. Oh, messed up. He And he was adamant that he did not tap out. He didn't yeah. give up. They repeated the spot, I guess, almost where Duke Hudson perhaps wanted to push the rope towards tra- Chase. But uh, yeah. Andre Chase, I don't want to cheat. But he, he gets the towel thrown in. After that, we saw a happy hour segment at, at uh, Fa- Fallon Henley's bar. And Kiana James showed up to buy the bar. And she basically just wants to put up apartments or something like that. Henley said it's not for sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. needed. but Yeah, not needed. Not needed. <laughs> After that, we saw Stax pick up the victory over Hank Walker. Stax hitting Walker in the eyes. And uh, Walker kicked out, but... Uh, that that knee curb stop, which was pretty cool, end of the match. Yeah, that was a really cool way to end it. I like Booker T on commentary during this match. What did you like? Uh, I think he was against Hank Walker. He goes, man, security guard, former security guard, whatever. He's got to prove himself. If I'm not mistaken, that's in my memory. That's what Booker T was saying. I think so. After that, Grayson Waller effect. So many segments on this show. Yeah. So many segments. Grayson Waller, in fact, Von Wagner and Braun Breaker were the guests. Breaker sporting a, uh, a dog face gremlin jacket. Thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But Von Wagner said that he's not like anyone uh, Braun Breaker's ever faced before. And he's taken that title from Braun. He brought up being a second generation wrestler as well. And he's like, I didn't use it to get me where I am like you used it. I don't know if I could necessarily agree with that. Yeah. I feel like he would have gotten looked at because he was perhaps the son of a Beverly brother. Um, Perhaps, mm, maybe. Maybe. But maybe. he's not in a main event spot like the son of Rick, the nephew of Scott. Maybe. But uh, Steiner Brothers versus Beverly Brothers, they've faced off in the past, so I thought that's kind of cool. Yeah. Now their sons get to face off. Uh, Best part part of this segment I thought was the funniest thing when uh, Braun Breaker smashed Robert Stone's face into the desk. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. That was Um, a nice little segment with it. After that, J.D. McDonough picked up the victory over Axiom. Really, really good match. I thought this was a really good match. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Axiom, I'm really excited for McDonough. I, I'm I'm very... I really want to see McDonough have a feud with Balor. It, yeah, well, I don't know if that's going to ever happen. Yeah. Anytime soon, at least. Yeah, yeah, over time. I, I feel like we did see Jordan Devlin versus Finn Balor before. I don't think so. Jordan Devlin, Finn Balor. No, I feel like we 100% did. Maybe in the when they were doing yeah, stuff we did. in the UK? Blackpool, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but JD ends up bending Axiom's leg in such a direction that the referee pulls JD off of Axiom, stops the match, even though Axiom's like, don't stop the match. But JD afterward begged the roster to get on his level. And he called out Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz is in Nigeria with Omos. 
at a WWE tryout. So, I think it's cool that they both get to go down and uh, spend time over there. Yeah, I agree. After that, Damon Kemp picks up the victory over Brutus Creed via disqualification. It makes absolutely no sense. Creed ends up attacking Damon Kemp before the bell, which I'm fine with. But then Creed uses the chair on Damon Kemp. DQ finish makes no sense. He's supposed to get five minutes. Like, because Julius Creed put Damon Kemp in that ambulance, he was supposed to get a guaranteed five minutes. There were no rules set for that. It was a five minutes in the ring with with Brutus Creed. Yeah. So that DQ finish makes no sense. No, not at all. But it... after the match, yeah. Indus Sheer were, were looking on a, a, up above on that platform. I want to see Indus Sheer win every single championship in the WWE. Well, it seems like we're getting Indus Sheer versus uh, Creed's coming up. Yeah. Well, next up, the main event of the evening, you had Chance and Carter pick up the victory over Stark and Lyons to retain the Tag Team Championship. This coming after last week where you had the controversial uh, finish and everything, but Chance and Carter picking up the victory after the match, though. Before we talk about that, I was uh-huh. super worried. I thought, oh, there's definitely a chance for Nikita Lyons and, and Zoe Stark could win the championships in this. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I was very happy that didn't happen. Chance and Carter killed it in this, by the way. Oh yeah, this was this was a great match, great tag team match. Lions got to show Chance off. She got to show off her 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 size ability against Katana Chance. Yeah, so it I thought that was cool. perfectly. Yeah, but like you were about to say afterwards, there was a miscommunication spot with Lions and Stark in the match. Lions ends up sacrificing herself for a super kick. Zoe Stark, I believe, was the one that lost the match. And afterwards, Stark and Lions go to hand the championships to the champions. Lions hands it over. Stark goes to hand it over. Yeah, she still has her grip on the championship and just turns out of nowhere and rocks Lions right in the face with it. Was not expecting that at all. No, you know, I guess last week or two weeks ago when we saw them in the back lot, in the parking lot, you kind of saw that side of Stark start to break through where she was starting to get more and more aggressive. But this definitely did not see. I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree with you. But uh, that is NXT. That was NXT. Moving over to SmackDown. The Usos picked up the victory over New Day to retain the Tag Team Championships. Um, I was definitely surprised that this opened up SmackDown, but I think they did a good job at making this match feel important. I liked the one part, uh, Xavier Woods, when he kicked out of the double Uso splash, wasn't expecting that at all. I thought the, the one D from the midair spot that they, they ended the match with. I thought that was great. I would have liked for new day's record to not be broken, but I also didn't want the Uso's. To lose the championship. So now, by the time most people will listen to this, I believe the Usos will be the longest reigning tag team champions in history. So, congratulations to the Usos. 
After that, Santos Escobar picked up the victory over Shinsuke Nakamura to advance in the SmackDown World Cup tournament. Uh, Michael Cole promoted Nakamura versus Great Muda, which was very, very surprising. That was pretty cool. Uh, But this match, every member of Legado del Fantasma got involved. The big spot, though, was Santos Escobar hitting that Phantom Driver from the middle rope to pick up the victory. I fully expected Shinsuke Nakamura to win this match, so it's awesome that Escobar advances. I was hoping Rey Mysterio would be in this tournament so we would see Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio, but that's not happening. Uh, After that, LA Knight had an interview backstage where he was saying that it was a fumble to not include him in the tournament. Bray Wyatt's logo flashed on the screen. And then Bray showed up, introduced himself to LA Knight. They went back and forth a bit. And Bray Wyatt ends up headbutting LA Knight. Later on, Ricochet was interviewed about the tournament. He's facing Mustafa Ali next week. They both killed it a few times on main event. A few, I don't don't even know if it was this year, probably early on this year maybe. Um, But Imperium showed up afterwards and Gunther said that he would love for Ricochet to win so he could beat him again. After that, we saw Shotzi Blackheart pick up the victory over Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Sonya Deville, Lacey Evans, and Zia Lee in a six-pack challenge to become the number one contender. She's going to uh, face Ronda Rousey at War Games in B-Town. I feel like this match, it started off with them playing like Ring Around the Rosie, circulating, circulating, circling the ring. Uh, I feel like Liv Morgan should have started this match and just gone straight for Sonya Deville instead of being part of that circle. Um, I did like her doing the the running spots to the corner to hit Lacey Evans and, and Zia Lee at the same time. Um, and then planted Raquel Rodriguez with that DDT. That was nice. But Raquel outside the ring tried to do a move on the ring steps to put Sonya Deville through a table. Liv Morgan came out of nowhere. And dove onto them. And that looked like it hurt. It had to hurt. Shotzi in the ring though. Hits her finisher on Lacey Evans. Picks up the victory. Pumped for that match. Emma backstage met up with Shotzi. Congratulated her. Told her that she thinks that she could take Ronda Rousey. And then she asked Shotzi if she's seen Mad Cat Moss. So it seems like they're putting that relationship on the television. Shayna Baszler showed up and Shotzi said, uh, she said to Shotzi that she has no chance against Ronda Rousey. And then Rousey showed up after Shotzi said that she, she could defeat Ronda Rousey. Baszler's like, say to her face, she turns around, boom, gets choked out by Shayna Baszler. After that, Braun Strowman picks up the victory over Jinder Mahal to advance in the SmackDown World Cup tournament. Jinder cut a promo beforehand about going on to become Intercontinental Champion. Not a chance he was moving on, especially against Braun Strowman. Jinder did attack Braun before the match, and he got offense in, but not a chance was he winning against Braun Strowman. After that, the Viking Raiders attacked Hit Row and Legato Del Fantasma. They were supposed to have a match. Sarah Logan was with them. She took out B-Fab. Zelina Vega took off. She ran away, but I'm, I'm happy to see her back. This is, I think, how you make the Viking Raiders look like War Machine. 
They take out two of the tag teams about to face off against each other and look super dominant. So what happens next with them? I don't know. I'm pumped for that though. The Bloodline and SmackDown with a special moment that Roman Reigns wanted. Um, I guess Roman was going to acknowledge the Usos for their accomplishment that they 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 won the tag team championship match early on. They're going to become the longest reigning tag team champions. Before he could do that, though, the Brawling Brutes interrupted. And Ridge Holland was like, we're sick of the numbers game that the Bloodline uses against us. They brought out backup. That's Sheamus. Sheamus comes out. His mic doesn't work. Roman Reigns laughs at him for that. They don't care, though. They get up into the ring. They brawl with everybody. And then Drew McIntyre came out to try to even the odds. And everybody brawls to the end of the SmackDown. I think we've got war games here. There's probably going to be one more person added to the team so Sami Zayn could be with the bloodline five on five, who it is, I don't know. I can't even think of another partner for the Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre right now. But that's SmackDown. Gonna take a quick little break here. Uh, I'll be back with Chris uh, right here on Marking Out. Yeah, this is Goofy, and you're listening to Marking Out. Back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It is Chris and Brandon here with you for the AEW portion of the podcast. Brandon, hey. Hey. <laughs> nice. What's the haps? What's going on? I was going to say, what's up? <laughs> then you you gonna... <laughs> so, how, yeah, was, how was your week? Um, you know, football, but uh, I did go to, I saw AFI. On Wednesday night, and I'm like, and, you know, I'm probably not part of the mark out moments of the week, but I just was marking out so hard the entire show. What venue? Uh, my, uh, Terminal Five. Oh, okay. In yeah, so it was it was I went I went by myself. You know, who you don't have to go to a concert with friends. People just go and have a great time by yourself, which is which is what I did. Took the train in, went in. Uh, this band Drab Majesty opened, which were very like, I want to say like, synth rock. I don't know how to describe it. They were fine. You know, it was just kind of like spacey, ambient, goth punk music. Our uh, our uh, graphic designer, the guy who designed the Marking Out logo, Nick Matojo, uh, actually saw them uh, Tuesday night because they did two nights in uh, D.C. So it was cool. Uh, That's pretty that cool. I saw him on... Yeah. But AFI, man, like, if you're... A... And I sent this to my vocalist, Anthony. Like, if you want to be a vocalist... In any band, just take lessons off of Davey Havoc and his presence and his vocal abilities. It was just like, he was outstanding. I think since, I mean, the, I saw, the last time I saw them was 2018. I think this was their best, and I've seen AFI seven times. This was their best set since the first time I saw them in 2003 on the Sing the Sorrow tour. Because they played songs off of almost every single one of their albums. EPs, and it was like, it wasn't just like random songs, there was fan favorites in there, they're throwing like deep cuts, it was just so good, the theatrics are great, and like going to an AFI show is like going to, to church, you know, because everybody's like, and I said this to Anthony too when I was talking about it last night, people were just eating out of Davey Havoc's hand, he would put his hand up, people would start going nuts, he's taking his microphone stand and throwing it to the crowd for everyone to sing along with him, it was, it was so good. Um, and they closed the show with my favorite song, Total Immortal, 
So I marked out huge over that, um, and I had a great time. It was awesome. It really kind of established, you know, them being, you know, one of my favorite, if not my favorite bands ever. So super excited to see them. Um, if you get a chance to see them on this tour um, and you haven't done so already, I highly recommend going doing it because they are just putting together unbelievable set lists. Um, and, yeah, so that was uh, that was the highlight of my week. I uh, filmed some football last night, got some football tomorrow, and, and that's it. Football season's winding down. i got, like, two more weeks left of it, and then uh, it's straight on to basketball season for me. So, hooray, I boomer, guess. Boomer sooner. Yeah, freaking the freaking Houston Astros, the World Series champions. Is that that Sucks, that, that must not sit right with you? It. I mean, it did. Yeah, it did. You know, did the, did the, they the bang part? on any trash cans this time? How they cheat this time? We don't know. But you know what? It's like again, sports being freaking rigged. Yeah, they wanted the Astros to win this, so this could be their quote-unquote redemption song. They didn't want the Phillies to win. But the best part about it was, like, the Phillies lost the World Series. Everyone's all bummed out. And then they get so excited that there was a, a guy that's eaten a rotisserie chicken for the 40th day in a row and got all hyped up about that. What? You didn't see about this? It was no. it, it, like, went to Philadelphia News. Apparently, there was a guy in Philadelphia <laughs> that was eating a rotisserie chicken every day for 40 days straight. That's bizarre. And, like, they're... It, it was so bizarre, but like, apparently this guy was doing good things about it. Like, apparently he's like, okay, he, this is, here's a website. He's like, I'm doing this to raise awareness for like homelessness or like, you know, starving children or whatever. Here's a link. You could do that to donate food and stuff like that, which I, I commendable, oh, nice. but still. <laughs> yeah. I ate Especially a uh, piece of rotisserie holiday- chicken this week. You did? I for the first bought a time, For the chicken. first time in a few, in a few, uh, probably in uh, maybe a couple of years. I don't know. I'm not a big really? rotisserie get... chicken guy. I like it for like lunch and stuff like that. I'll like I'll buy rotisserie chicken at the beginning of the week and then I'll slice it up to put on like sandwiches or put over with some like rice or whatever. So I just don't like bones. I so. could see that. I mean, I could I I, I could not see that, but I can understand uh, <laughs> that concept of it. Um, yeah, no, we um, and then like my kids had this big sleepover last night, which is why um, my audio may sound great. I can't wait to hear it because I'm recording. The podcast right now in my closet because there's still children running around, but they got like chicken and they got French fries and all that stuff last night, so I got to nosh off all that. So anyway, enough about my week, um, which was just essentially just AFI just being amazing. Let's get to some professional wrestling talk. Let's go to Rampage from last week. Orange Cassidy successfully defended his All Atlantic Championship against Shibata, and I thought it was like I don't think it was an interesting match. Because you know what they say, styles make fights, right? And Orange Cassidy has a very interesting style to him. And Shibata is maybe one of the baddest men on the planet. Yeah. Mike Tyson, who was on commentary. So it was interesting. And I felt like as the match progressed, the match got better. I thought Mike Tyson was supposed to be on for the full show. But he was only for that one. But I liked, I forget what he said. He And like, he knew wrestling moves. Which Dude, I thought the, was awesome. the fact that he was speaking over... Excalibur that whole match was just the the chef's kiss. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and like you said, he and he seemed to know Shibata too, which was unexpected. So I thought that was cool. I liked when Shibata did Orange Cassidy's gimmick kicks and then Cassidy did some of the stuff back and then Shibata just slapped the absolute heck out of him. 
Yeah, and then they did like the sitting down thing where they like hit me, hit me, hit me. Yeah. Um, I, Shibata hit an STO at one point at the match, and then you hear Mike Tyson go, "Yeah, man, that's an STO." <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, Tyson, yeah. way to go!" But Orange Cassidy picks up the victory here. You know, they're good friends afterwards. Apparently, Shibata has come out and said he wants to face two people in all elite wrestling: Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson. So a Brian Danielson Shibata match. You want to talk about Chef's Kiss? Mwah, 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 mwah. Can't wait for that to happen. Uh, afterwards. You have uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter pick up the victory over Madison Rain in Sky Blue. Afterwards, uh, Tony Storm comes out, and then Britt Baker hits her with the interim World Women's Championship. So, just a way to hype up uh, Jamie Hayter going into her match with Tony Storm at full gear. Uh, I keep Britt Baker on television. Britt Baker is part of a huge feud right now at Soraya, and we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Soraya. Um, Soraya, sorry. You know, again, and I said this the first time. Tamariah, Soraya. Um, I know she's she was on uh, some sort of uh, podcast this week and saying that they said her name wrong. But uh, Ricky Starks uh, cuts a promo saying that he's going to be in the World Champion Eliminator Tournament. Talks about you know how people on the internet are saying you know well, Ricky Starks hasn't been on television for a couple weeks, so he's there and did what Ricky Starks does uh, best on top of wrestling, and that's cutting a hell of a promo. There was also a segment earlier with the Blackpool Combat Club, which then combined with the Jericho segment later on, sets up a fatal four-way for the Ring of Honor Championship, and we are worried about it. Not happy about this. I'm very (laughs) worried about this. I'm scared. I totally forgot about this. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I don't know why Sammy Guevara now gets a world title match for the Ring of Honor title, and if for some reason... But, like... I kind of get it, too, because you're going to need somebody in that match to take the pinfall, and I guess it has to be Sammy Guevara. Or Sammy Guevara pins Chris Jericho when he wins the title, and uh, Ring of Honor's dead to me. Uh, and at That's least, it. like, so it's funny because, um, oh, who was it that they were like, oh, so-and-so never lost the title or never got the shot? It was Bandito, right? No, um, no, Bandito got his, his title match. No, but Bandito, who was it? Uh, Claudio. Claudio. No, no, it was Bandito first. And then I was saying, like, if Bandito... Yeah, but I'm saying, like, but when that happened, I was like, well, Claudio never got his title shot rematch, nor did did, uh, Jonathan Gresham. Gresham. Yeah, but Gresham... Now, now Cesaro, Claudio gets his title shot. Yeah. I'm just done with Jericho and Bryan, though. I know, but you know, it's it's a long, lengthy feud. I I could really care less. It's it, this is more of about like keeping the honor in Ring of Honor. It's just know? boring. Yeah, to me. I mean, it's it's, it's keeping it relevant. Main event: War Joe picked up the victory over the Gates of Ebony. Afterwards, you have Powerhouse Hobbs come out and pose like he wants a shot at the TNT Championship. So, all right, cool. More importantly, when Hobbs came out, what did Wardlow do? He pushed Samoa Joe aside. And Joe oh, looked funny, like he yeah. was going to choke Wardlow the hell out. And I'll put a pin in that. And yeah, yeah, a huge pin. So we'll talk about that when we get to Dynamite. Let's talk about Dynamite. Coming from Boston, Massachusetts. We packed our cars there. And you start off with a big <laughs> eight-man match as FTR and the Acclaim pick up the victory over the Gun Club and swerve in No longer the glory. Gun Club. Just the guns. Oh, just the, gu- the guns. Sorry. Um, but, you know. Everybody got their their time to shine. The gun, the guns hit the big rig in the middle of the match. Like that, they just commentary's I mean, like, oh, I don't, I don't know why they do that. 
<laughs> I don't know why they funny. would do it either. It, it, it looked terrible. Well, there was a lot of points in this match where I just like absolutely. I don't know if you forgot also who the legal competitor was. Oh, but that, that's what these big man cluster Fs are, man. I just I wish there was like more me being able to remember who we is need legal. five referees around the ring. So that way they could tell who the legal man is. Yeah. Just, or, or have one, you know, when you play video games, there's like a thing over you when you're legal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what we need. <laughs> Tony Cotton, invest those little like circuits. What do they call the, the, the HUDs? The HUDs? They, they have, the- they have the ability for, um, hockey to follow a puck, right? Oh, do you remember that? Like the late nineties, the puck when they'd hit it, they like they get like a fire streak on behind. It was it. like lit up and everything. Yeah. Oh man, that was so. <laughs> Surely nice. you could do that for pro wrestling. <laughs> After but that, we again, saw an MJF promo. He's been off filming um, the Von Erich movie with Zac Efron. Well, we didn't know about that until unstoryline uh, wise. Yeah, in shoot life. Yeah. <laughs> in shoot life, good for him. That's a that's a big who he's going to be in that film. We don't know, but. Did you see what Zach Efron looks like? Man, he is like Yeah. And then like non wrestling Twitter saw and they were like, What the hell is Zach Efron looking like here? Yeah, I know. And then Stokely uh, but, spoke about MJF later on. He's well, like, I, wanna, I don't need I don't need MJF. But I want to go back to the MJF promo. Because it wasn't it was him going to one of the biggest sports podcasts in the world and they really hyped that that up on <laughs> my take. They Fox didn't Network. sync it up. That that was like tripping me what out. What do you mean they didn't? The see audio that? and video were off from each other. That whole that promo. That I didn't notice that. that but much, yeah, but we got I we got mentions it... of uh, the Rock, Stone Cold. We got uh, a beautifully shot promo. MJF doing what he does, you know, best. You know, he I, he put over John Moxley, but he just said he's a dirtbag and he doesn't like him. Um, and that was it. You know, kept MJF off of TV, kept MJF relevant going into the biggest match of his career. Um, I, I, I want to jump forward because you know, I, John you know, Mo- I would, I would, I understand the titles involved here. I think I would argue that the biggest match of MJF's career has been with CM Punk though. I don't think so. I, I mean, so. I, as, as, as of recording time, yes, that CM Punk match was the biggest match of his career. But now I think going towards this, because this is like, I, I hate to be tongue in cheek about it, but this is kind of like the paradigm shift to making MJF your, you know, your number one in AEW. Uh, but, and, and rightfully so. And he said, he said a lot of things. He goes, you know, when I had my first pay-per-view match, uh, I didn't get talked about. A neck tattoo got talked about. When <laughs> I came back, what? I laughed. Yeah. He's like, um, you know, I, when I had, I, I did this, it was more about Matt Hardy taking a, a Humpty Dumpty fall. Uh, then when I returned, it was more about a press conference. So this is MJF's finally time to shine, and they really hyped it up. Uh, but I want to jump forward to the the Moxley promo later in the night with him and Regal in the ring. <laughs> that, like, that promo was just like. But like he did a good like both promos, I think did a good job of putting the other person over. But they just don't personally like each other. You know, they're both professionals, and Moxley did say he's like, "You might be the devil, but I've seen the devil, and the devil's a lot worse than what you are." So. Maybe we see a William Regal heel turn and he lines himself with MJF. That's what the internet thinks is that we're we're walking out of full gear. We're going to see MJF with William Regal. I would like that because William Regal is, is I think, a better heel than, you know, what he's been doing. I, I think mean, at this point, wrong, the, the Blackpool Combat Club has run its course. Yeah, but you kind of, uh, yes. Uh, I, yes and no. 
I mean, look but at like, that. But like, yeah, the whole the here. whole uh, thing of the Blackpool Combat Club is feuding with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, so that that looks to maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed. We thought that was going to end months ago. This has been months. This has been like the whole year at least. Yeah. When was that that anarchy in the arena match? I don't remember. Full gi? No. Uh, double or nothing? It's just like, it feels like it's been seven years of this feud. <laughs> AEW hasn't been around for seven years. Well. So, well, anyway, your first match in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament was All Ego Ethan Page picking up a big victory over Eddie Kingston. Sick avalanche Ego's edge to finish off the match. And you spoke about this a couple weeks ago, was, oh, you know, they're putting uh, Ethan Page against Scrubs. They have to put him against somebody. This is a win over a guy that is beloved in AEW. He is I, Yes, he won the championships, but he is a big name in AEW. Boy, did the fan base hate this one. Well, they I were, think it's great. Were, I think I, I'm like to me. I like I know a lot of people wanted Eddie Kingston in the finals, maybe even winning that tournament. Ethan Page was the one that needed this victory. Yes, I understand, and that's why I, th- I thought of you, and that's why I wanted to bring this. This is a big win for Ethan Page, especially because it's re- his re-debut now with the firm and kind of being like, now that the firm is not aligned with MJF, now. You could kind of say that Ethan Page is kind of like that front guy for... I could see Ethan Page winning this whole tournament. I would love to see that. It'd be fantastic, especially if MJF wins the title. What uh, a story are you telling here? You know, the guy that put the firm together against the guy who is now the face of the, the firm, other than Stokely Hathaway. Um, uh, do you see maybe we uh, we get Ethan Page and Eddie Kingston again because Eddie did I, have I, the match won, but Stokely distracted the referee here? Or maybe Or is Eddie it like causes- one and done? Or or maybe Eddie causes uh, Ethan Page the, the victory for the tournament, too. They did do a very good job of kind of highlighting this feud between these two guys on the independents. This went to AAW. This went to AIW. They showed, you know, the, the dog collar match that they had where Eddie Kingston, like, tapped him out and Page, you know, bleeding profusely. So maybe this it's, it's a long-term storytelling piece here between Eddie Kingston and uh, Ethan Page. But we'll see. After this Backstage, you had Roosh. Uh, what were you going to go into? The, I was going to say Roosh and Bandito backstage, Dark Order stuff. Yeah. Um, Roosh said that when he wins the championship, he's going to give 10 the first title shot. Dark right, Order's cool. not having it. 10's not having it. I, he's going to join, right? No, I don't think. Uh, like, if, if he does, though, that has to be like the end of the Dark Order. Because, and Andrade, like, Andrade's been missing. John yeah. Silver and Joe Gatto are feuding. <laughs> so anyway, next match, Wardlow defeats Ari Davari. You know, he he comes out, he says, "Hey, I'll uh, I'll take the TNT belt for you. I'll just give you my uh, my butler." Wardlow comes out, power bombs him. That's it. Uh, bigger story out of this though is after the match, Wardlow calls out Powerhouse Hobbs, and while he's calling him out, Samoa Joe is standing behind him and hits him in the back of the head with the Ring of Honor television championship so the war and done wardlow out and the the internet oh i could how could you see this coming do you not watch rampage it happened on rampage he set it up perfectly the start of it happened on rampage like if you were shocked by samoa joe doing that to wardlow you do not watch rampage there's no way he yeah. the, the signs just... the seeds the seeds were planted right then and there boom that that might be 
the best thing that happened with Wardlow since he broke off from MJF. So you think now it's going to be a triple threat match of full gear? Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs? Three big meaty men slapping meat for the TNT Championship? It's a possibility, but uh, we're, like, we're, Samoa Joe's just been floating since he's won that TV title, I think. Yeah, well, you know, again, Ring of Honor has no television. Yeah, you know, no their television will. is Rampage. <laughs> So to keep uh, keep it fresh, top of the mind awareness, you know, you gotta put you gotta put the Ring of Honor champion in uh, AD, for AEW championship. So we also had I'm a uh, backstage segment. Yeah, me too. Backstage segment with Jade Cargill, just announcing that she's gonna be facing Nyla Rose at Full Gear. Yeah, uh, but she's also gonna try to handle her on Rampage this week. The graphic for the match has both of them listed as the TBS <laughs> champion. Is that goofy? I love it. I think it's super goofy, and I love it. <laughs> but, like, around Nihilus, it's like the t- quote-unquote TBS champion. Again, I said it last week on the show. I'm love. I'm really loving this because they're really kind of playing out this as a, as a long a long storyline, and they're making Do it Do you know how pissed off Jay people Cork. would be if, if Nyla Rose wins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think, I let's mean, go I would Nyla. About it. Yeah, let's go Nyla. Let's, let's just predict Nyla now to win the championship. So, more women's talk here as you finally got the face-to-face between Soraya, I said it right this time, and Dr. Britt Baker. Um, Soraya coming out saying that she's cleared and sets up a match between her and Britt at uh, full, full gear. gear. So, you're going to get on this. It's always been a, a, a topic of discussion with AEW how, you know, oh, they don't do anything with the women's division. You got three women's matches now on this pay-per-view. And... One for, you know, a face of the women's revolution coming back for her first match in what? How many years, Brandon? You know this. You should. Uh, two. Two years? No, it's got to be like five. Yeah, but um, the promo, t- I feel like AEW fans are not behind Soraya anymore. I, I think, she- personally, I think that this should have happened two weeks ago. Or, or not two weeks ago. Well, yeah, she's been there for a month, right? Yes. So yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, to kind of hype this up, but I feel and, yeah, like it was it was her last match at the Nassau Coliseum, 2017, December 27th. Okay. You know, I, I, but I, for me, like I feel like AEW fans are. I mean, a they're going to be loyal to Britt Baker, no matter if she's a heel, no matter if she's a baby face, whatever, because she made a lot of valid points there. Soraya, like, I, I love that Soraya put down AEW without like mentioning that. And I think that's why AEW fans are kind of turning on her. Basically saying that she's not ready for anything. Like who Soraya? Yeah, well no, Soraya said that about Britt Baker. Oh, okay. The way it said the way it came up. And it was like, it was just Soraya. everything was handed to her by Tony Khan. She's worked her ass off from like what was she 14 when she broke into the business maybe even earlier yeah. than that and Britt Baker has no idea what it is to be even be close to be called a superstar but and to the point of contention Britt said a lot of good things and I think Britt had the line of the the that whole back and forth she's like oh yeah this is my house and we don't take walk-ins so get in a get an appointment B you know I thought that was I thought that was awesome that was like they could have ended it there. Brick could have dropped the mic and just walked off and, you know, posed on the entrance ramp. But when uh, Soraya was doing what she was doing, Britt Baker looked like she wanted to do nothing else but cry. And I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> I thought Rhea absolutely awesome. killed this promo. 
It was very emotional. It's all true stuff. I know, but it's like it's the same things that she's been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, but on this, like, this, hey. I thought this was so much better, and that's why I thought it should have been like I, but two weeks ago. Like there was no reason to draw out this. Like this wasn't big enough for uh, to draw it out. It should have just been like I think this. Sir, I think this is huge. No, no, but I'm not saying it's it's not huge. I'm saying Soraya shows up in AEW. That's a huge pop. Yes, that's cool. The next week, it's like, oh, we have a, a Soraya talks or whatever. Soraya manages women to the ring. Soraya does this. Then we have a, a, an interview, sit down or whatever. Soraya and Britt Baker, Britt doesn't show up. And then Britt does nothing later on in the night. This could have all just been combined where she shows up, huge pop. Next week, I'm cleared. I want your ass at full gear. Apparently, You're going to get your no. match or whatever. Apparently, though, she said that she wasn't fully cleared until Halloween. She came. I think she came out. She was on Renee Paquette's podcast this week and mentioned something to that nature. So that's uh, uh, I don't know. That, how's that happen? I don't know. I mean, but she like, wasn't cleared you know, until last week. Yeah, but it ends up uh, Paige hitting a big T. Uh, Soraya hitting a big DDT on uh, Brit. The Rampage. I don't, I don't know what you call it now. I, I, I would assume it's different. It. But I'm pumped to to see that match. I'm, I'm pumped to yeah. see Soraya, and uh, I I just hope everything is completely fine with her. I just hope, like uh, like Edge, she's completely like cleared and healed up. Yeah, and nothing bad happens at uh, Full Gear. Absolutely, and hopefully but she I kills feel like, it like because she's she's a she... big addition. People people try to like bury that and say Paige sucked, blah blah blah. No, this is huge for AEW. But I think that should have been the last line of the of the promo. Like, Soraya should have started talking, and then Bridget came down. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? I bad thing for you is I'm fully cleared. Boom. Hit that finisher. And then everybody would have been nuts. And then she could have been like, yeah, I'll see you at uh, Full Gear because, uh, you know, this is my house. And, you know, go from there. Hmm. So. Well, after that, we saw Jay Lethal pick up the victory over Trent. The best booked guy in the past two months Jay Lethal? has been Jay Lethal. Maybe the best uh, half six months? Yeah. Because, <laughs> and that was another – I thought about you too because this was another um, guy that I think that you were like, oh, they, haven't, they, they saw Jay Lethal made this big thing they haven't done anything with him. Now they're doing huge things with him. Now they're doing stuff people doesn't, don't want to see though. I want to see this. I'm all about <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. So, so Jay Lethal attacks Trent before the match. That's fine. Satnam Singh lays out Danhausen in the match. Afterwards, Sanjay Dub brings out Double J, the last outlaw. I'm waiting the whole show just to see Jeff Jarrett. He comes out, and what the hell does Jeff Jarrett do? He puts Sanjay Dub over. He puts Jay Lethal over. He puts Satnam Singh over, and then puts Braun Strowman, Triple H, and WWE down. I don't understand why that has to happen. Every single time somebody comes in from WWE. It's just so it's... goofy. Like to take shots uh, well, like, hey, oh, listen, he's... I mean, Braun Strowman uh, took it upon himself to start trashing uh, flippy you know, dippies. The, entire, the, the entire industry. So. No, flippy dippies. But I just, I don't get why Jeff Jarrett, I, I would like Strowman to know used why. Braun to be able to do a, a kip up. What? Braun, they yeah, Braun does do that. Up. And I think he went to the yes. top rope recently to do something too <laughs> with almost. But I would like to know, like, what happened with Double J and, and uh, WWE for him to do that? Don't know. Again, you say it but all the time. But Jeff Jarrett, you know, when Jarrett goes on to, to lay out that challenge for full gear. 
uh, and got wrapped up. So the challenge never really happened. I thought that was stupid. Yeah, and well, I, no, I just don't. Official, I don't think it's official now. Full gear. It's going to be Sting and Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. And uh, yeah, and people were like, we were tired of that feud in WCW. <laughs> like it, I, I, it happened like early on WCW, and then uh, while Jarrett still had the long hair, and then yeah. uh, fast forward a few years, it comes back to 2000s WCW, and people are like, why is this happening? And then fast forward to TNA, and people are like, why is this happening? Even though I enjoyed their stuff in TNA. Uh, and then fast forward now, and <laughs> it seems like one of those Ric Flair matches where it's like, maybe this is it for Sting. People are, the AEW fan base is like, we're done with Sting. Stop having him do stuff like this. Of course they are. Of course they are. And, uh, uh, and I'm just, I'm, am I pumped to see Jeff Jarrett versus Sting in 2022? Not really, but I'm pumped to see Double J in AEW and, and wrestle because it pisses people off. Yeah, My World's a great <laughs> great theme song. Oh, it's so good. I'm so glad they got the rights to it. Um, after that, we had a segment with Jungle Boy where he just, like, mumbled about Rampage. Yep. Was it going to be a sit-down or set, something think, with Christian? Yeah, I think it's setting up a steel cage match or something like that. We had uh, another teaser trailer for the Elite teasing, I guess, full gear, but a ton of WWE in this Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Good Brothers, Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, all featured on AEW Dynamite. Also, uh, Marty Jannetty making his AEW video package debut, perhaps. <laughs> Hallelujah! Finally, that's what we Marty that's Gennetti. what we needed, dude. Marty's a ball of energy. He was a blast to, to hang out with. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so full gear. It looks like they're coming back. What they're going to be doing at full gear right now? The way it's like. The way the the card is set up, there's no room for the elite. Yeah, but you know they'll so, take uh, too much time and have to cut down all the other <laughs> matches. And you know, well, what do you mean too much time? They go for seven hours anyway. Yeah, true. I got a lot. I thought I day. went when when Soraya announced her match. I was like, let me look at tickets because I know there was like a ton of tickets left. And uh, I went and looked at tickets, and there still are a few tickets left. Uh, a lot more than a few but i'm like do i really want to go to jersey to to sit there for seven hours yeah no so i'll just watch it on my tv yeah well run through a, a couple things here jamie hater squashed sky blue sick i love that ripcord lariat that she does the the code uh, red from sky blue is really nice she's very much so improved yeah she's very talented especially having madison rain as her uh you know shoot trainer now I don't know so. if Madison Rain's doing anything on TV wise. Like that's not. Yeah, maybe on you know on days that they have a you know TV, they'll get the ring and uh, bump around a little bit. Um, but yeah, afterwards, um, Jamie Hader almost immediately attacked Sky Blue, and Tony Storm quickly chased her off. Yeah. No. Do we see Thunder that... Rosa coming back at full gear? Uh, no, I don't think so. That sets the scene that we're honestly. Rosa. I really, ju- I just want, I want Jamie Hader to win this interim title because then you kind of, <sighs> you can kind of say that you can keep Tony Storm in the mix because she can say, yeah, I was the interim championship, but I never got. I was supposed to get a chance at the women's championship, and I never did. So you could, it could set up a big uh, women's three way match. After uh, after that segment, we saw one of the funniest things that I thought I've ever seen on AEW. Alex Marvez looking frantic as hell. He looked like he was pissed drunk. <laughs> I guess he was going to interview Ricky Starks, but uh, Lance Archer took him out. 
I didn't even know Archer was in that tournament. You didn't look at the gra- the graphic, brother? No, because I'm fed up with that tournament. I'm dumb. They've had six tournaments already in this year. People are like, oh, but they do this every year. I'm like, they so don't have six tournaments. So would you rather them go back to the st- the, st- the rankings? Or I just do a don't know. But no, because this happens every year, apparently. I don't want to see tournaments. There's there's too many tournaments. But if they bring back a King of the Ring, you'll be all about it. King of the Ring is fine. That's a separate <laughs> thing. That's a separate entity, though. It's still a tournament. But that's a separate thing. Regardless, Ricky Stark's got his head smashed in by Lance Lance Archer. Lance Archer has now a, a, a white ponytail. And Archer's not going to do anything in this tournament. Yeah, so what do you think? It's egos to win? I do. Miro's certainly not doing anything. He's not in this tournament. No. Roosh and Bandito will kill it. Absolutely. They won't do anything in the tournament. It's got to be Ethan Page. Yeah, What's Dante absolutely. Martin? What's he going to do? <laughs> A bunch of flips. That's it. Main event. Brian Danielson defeats Sammy Guevara two out of three falls. First fall is by uh, DQ. Sammy Guevara gets a second pinfall, and then Brian Danielson tap. Well, it makes him referee stoppage for the win. Were you pissed off at the end of this match? By the way, no. Why? Sammy Guevara gets hit by Brian Danielson's flying knee and immediately gets up. Yeah, just so they could do that Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio DDT spot. <laughs> what? The- Which didn't even look that good. I don't understand. How do you get hit in the face by Brian Danielson's psycho knee or whatever they call it? It's the psycho knee, yes. Everybody gets knocked out from it. Sammy Guevara is up in one second for it? How does that make any sense? I was just more worried that Sammy was going to win the match, and then I would smash my And why did this match even happen in the first place? How did it get set up? I don't remember. I don't remember either, but... Brian again. Brian Danielson gets the win. That's all I really care about, um, and that's it. That's Rampage. That's Dynamite for this week. So next week is uh, Full Gear Week, live Rampage. You got Dynamite as well. Oh, it's live at, at the Rock, right? It's live at the Rock. Hmm. Maybe you should go to that instead of going to Full Gear. Yeah, right. And sit through a bunch of dark matches. Yeah, absolutely. When I went to Dynamite and they did the the AW Elevation or whatever, that was like the worst thing i've ever sat through at a wrestling show because it was like of course a bunch of w show no it was a bunch of like they must have like eight one minute matches and then tony niece and alex reynolds go out there and kill it i'm like just give them for for 20 minutes just give them a 20 minute match i don't need to see eight one minute matches okay yep that's it so that's uh yeah full gears next week state area full gears next week we'll talk about predictions Fully on that. I don't have a match of the week this week. Sorry, pals. And, uh, yeah, so Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey there, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to the movie Easter Sunday, which is a movie I watched on the flight down to Florida. It stars comedian Joe Coy playing Madison Square Garden this week, or performing at Madison Square Garden. I think that's pretty cool. But it's a comedy about a single father who ends up taking his son on a road trip to Cal- uh, through California for his family's Easter. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. I would say check it out if you're a fan of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I, I if stick, it's streaming I anywhere. The, I stick to the Minions on, on that, on my flight. There's so many things you can watch. I, yeah. I'm kinda, I feel like I should have watched 
I feel like I did. I think I did watch a movie going back up to New York, but I don't know. When I was on, I flew Jet Blue, and they didn't. I wasn't really thrilled. There are by tons the offer. of movies. What are you talking about? I wasn't thrilled. Tons by it. It was, of movies to watch. I was happy with Minions. Tons of movies, but uh, yeah, well, that's a new movie too, so I'm sure that was fine. Yeah. I, I'm not. I've never seen a Minions film, but yeah, the only other you never. No, really, why? I've never seen Despicable Me or anything. If you, I mean, if you like. You like uh, Pixar and everything. Yeah, I just I don't know DreamWorks. I never seen it. You you may actually end up end up liking it. It's re- it's actually really really funny. I'm sure I would. I just uh, yeah, you just haven't done it. Yeah, never seen it. I hear you. Uh, next shout out going to the new show Blockbuster. That's on Netflix. I think it's a fun new show. It uh, reminds me a little bit of Superstore that that aired on NBC. Um, but kind of like a second season. It feels like a first season is like missing from this, but Randall Park stars in it with Melissa Fumero and, uh, they work at a blockbuster video, the last blockbuster video. And I'm pretty sure it's set in like 2022. Yeah. This one, this, I did see the commercial for it and it looked really funny. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of, uh, Randall Park Randall. and yeah, the cast in general. He, he's hilarious on Young Rock. Yeah. He and, is. and Ant-Man. Ant-Man? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the he's the correct uh not correct detective. Officer. Yeah, uh the pro, pro uh probation officer. Probation officer, yeah. yeah. Uh but my last shout out almost close to an anti shout out just based oh. on the fact that they ended 5 minutes early which kind of annoys me, which really annoys me actually. <laughs> when they could have 100% fit another song in there. But uh I saw Boys to Men at Epcot when I was down there in Florida, so I'm going to give them a shout out. I think they're awesome. And Boys uh, to Men yeah, I saw them once before at uh, Barclay Center, and uh-huh. uh, had it not been a madhouse at Epcot, I think I would have stayed for the second and third shows, uh-huh. but it was packed. It was nuts. I've never, ever seen Epcot that crowded for one of their free shows there. Wow. Like, Smash Mouth is usually, like, super crowded back when they would play there. Um, Herman's Hermits, Peter Noon was kind of crowded. But nothing like this. They they blocked off the full middle, almost the full middle section, uncovered. Normally, you have like the the front few rows that are that's covered by the uh-huh. stage for dining packages. This had that section plus more the full out uncovered middle section. I was blown away by that. Wow. Never in my life seen that before. So, Boys to Man killed it. They they only played uh, one song that I really cared about. I would have liked to have heard uh, I'll Make Love to You and End of the Road as well, which I'm sure they played in their other two shows, or at least one of those other two shows. Mm-hmm. But it was just a madhouse, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was cool to see the freak shows there. But uh, that's those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... our- right our mark out moment of the week uh say it at the same time no because i'm gonna start from last <laughs> week last week we got young rock on the death slot in on friday nights now and Ooh. uh last week's episode the the season premiere saw becky lynch on young rock 
as Cindy Lauper. And I know she has a crazy, crazy good American accent, but a born in the 50s Brooklyn accent, I was a little bit worried about for Cindy Lauper. <laughs> but I think Becky Lynch absolutely killed it as Cindy Lauper. And I thought I thought it was so good. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought that that was really unexpected, but very welcoming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, however, moving on to what I think you collectively wanted to talk about. Yeah, the worst, probably the worst. Uh, I don't know secret. if it was the worst. The, it was probably the worst secret on that show. Oh, the, the secret, singer. secret was. Yeah. For, well, no, for because us. for us, for us, it, it's not because we're we're familiar with his voice. Other people are like, oh, that's Jack Black, a hundred percent. Wow. That's I'm awful. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You no, stupid no, no, no. idiot. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Jericho, the mass Singer, points, uh, posts a, uh, uh, not a spoiler video, but like a preview. They they posted the full clip of a dragon in in a wedding dress singing, uh, I forget what song it was. In a, It was the Bridezilla uh, singing um, Shut Up and Dance. Yes, Shut Up and Dance with Me. Yeah. And right off the bat, it's like, brother, that's Chris Jericho. You can't tell me other I know. at all. Nobody else. And that's every, Chris Jericho. Everybody's surprised because they were expecting a female. Because yeah. Because it was a, a bride. Yeah. It was Bridezilla. Later but... in the episode, he ended up dueling with, uh, uh, did he duel with uh, George Clinton, I think? Yeah. With Singing, George Clinton. Um, Smash Mouth All-Star. Yeah, and I thought that it was, was cool. Like, that was uh, an iffy performance, but... The other clue was... I, one of the other clues was, like, uh, he... What was it? He overturned a rock? Or, or shattered he, a rock or something? Yeah, he, he... Something about The Rock, which... I mean, WWE with The Rock. Yeah. You know, then they did a bunch of clues about his rock and roll being... Uh, um, traveling around the world and this and that. I mean, know? selling out arenas, obviously. WWE, WCW, AEW. Yeah. So I just thought it was cool that he's on it. He's not. He's not revealed yet. So <laughs> it might be Jack Black. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, swerve. There's no way, especially when he's like talking during the performances. Not a chance is that anybody but Chris Jericho. Yeah, there's no way. If there is a way that you can bet in Vegas on the odds, I would highly suggest that everybody go do that. Yeah. You know, I also uh, marked that's out. Not, that's not gambling advice, by the way, off the record. That's not gambling advice. Don't come <laughs> find me. <laughs> I, I also marked out that uh, Conan was on the Howard Stern show this week, and he told a story about how one of his writers ended up working in WWE and took a line that Conan would always say behind the scenes, like during business meetings or whatever, or pitch meetings or stuff. He'd be like, oh, why don't you drink some shut up juice or whatever? Have some shut up juice. And the writer leaves Conan's show, ends up working for WWF at the time, and gives it to The Rock to say. And he's like contacted Conan. He goes, yo, tune in, watch this. And they cut to a clip of The Rock at the Raw Rumble saying, why don't you have a glass of shut up juice or whatever? (laughs) And then like they showed a picture next week. Fans had signs of it and everything. So I thought it was pretty cool that Conan ends up, somebody took a line from Conan that he would say behind the scenes and it, and it worked its way into the rock, the rock's repertoire. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. pretty cool, but that's the episode. That's the mark out moment of the week. That's episode 614. Check us out. Marking 
Apple Podcasts when it's fixed. I don't know when that's going to be. It should be hopefully soon. It's annoying that it's not. They're like taking forever to communicate with us. Spotify Podcasts, it's all updated there. Markingout.com, it's all updated there. Follow us on Twitter at Markingout, BTTG161, Twitter and Instagram. Chris Sweeney Dog on Twitter, CM Sweeney85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on both. Markingout11 on Instagram, same as YouTube. Markingout11 on YouTube. Facebook.com slash Markingout. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Markingout. TikTok at Markingout. And that's about it. We wish you the. the- Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fan.